The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Ling Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoit with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yow. Okay, campers. Rise and shine. It is a beautiful Tuesday morning here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. And if you got that reference, kudos to you, my friends. Kudos to you here on this Groundhog Day. We are well done. Live and in charge here on WKOM and our friends down in uh, Franklin County on WZYX. Welcome in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yao, as joined as always by Maurice Patton and JP Plant with you here on again this Groundhog Tuesday, February second. Always a lot of fun. Although I hear they did not, uh, they did not give a a prediction this morning up in Ponxitawney, uh, Pennsylvania. So I don't, I don't really know what the what the future holds. But uh, hopefully, it's uh, less of what we saw yesterday and more of what we saw today, or what we're seeing today. Because I've got well, blue skies. Yeah, today looks pretty good. Yeah, it's um, a. Much have better. Not been out there, have not been out there yet, but it. Hopefully, it's not deceptively nice. You know, I don't know how warm it's going to be, but I don't think it's going to be. Uh, it's de- certainly not going to snow this morning, which is a positive. There you go. That's 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 a plus. Welcome to our friends on Facebook, Facebook Live out there. We appreciate you guys joining us, and we hope that you will uh, join the conversation. All you have to do is just type it in. On Facebook, we'll, we'll ha- be happy to to talk with you. Um, we got a big show for you today. Got a lot going on. Got three guests in a row. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, that being said, before we get into it, Mo JP, how are y'all this morning? <laughs> so I'm, not, I'm not Peachy. forgetting it anymore. Peachy, I'm now, doing well. Once bitten, twice shy. Huh? I like That's it. Right. That's right. That's right. I'm good. I'm good. It's Tuesday. Well, yeah. I'm good to go see some ball tonight. 
That's there right. Go. There you go. Mo, how's that hot chocolate treating you this morning? It's it's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice little change up from the typical um either the caramel macchiato that I grab at White Bison on my way down or just my coffee. I'm told that I like a little coffee with my sugar. But mm, uh, one of those. Yeah, the hot chocolate's a nice yeah. little okay. change up. Uh, but Mo, have you done the um the hot chocolate ball that you know is a the bomb the bomb yeah have you tried that i yet? have not i've not i'm i'm a little scared of that it's a fascinating phenomenon it's pretty tasty um i uh, i urge you though when you are finished to mm-hmm. wash it out immediately <laughs> because Did you ruin a cup, <laughs> well i haven't ruined it but it's going to take a little scrubbing mm. gotcha. <laughs> so just go ahead and rinse that thing right out don't yes, yeah, be, because it, it's like it 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 reconstitutes back into the same the um, original form, yeah, the molecular form that that held it together in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, but very tasty. Yeah. And and when the marshmallows pop out of that thing, it's pretty cool. We'll see. J- JP, there, there's our issue right there because I'm not a marshmallow guy. Uh, <laughs> your your plan could be JP yep. to throw some water in it, throw it in the microwave. Warm it back up. That's true. See, kind well, of steam it out. Well, Cover the, it up, steam it. I, I don't know if the container that it currently resides in is microwavable safe. Ooh. Well, I mean, you got, let's not find Is that the container right there? <laughs> it is. Um, it's um, this is the, uh, by the way, if you're watching on Facebook, I've got the, I don't know if it's the Yeti, eight, the eight ounce Yeti tumbler, the, just the regular size tumbler. Uh, be sure that's the one, not microwaves. No, the the don't one that, that had the bomb in it is the bigger brother to this one. I don't know. Yeah. No. All right. Oh, so gracious, no. <laughs> so the other option is uh-huh. boil some water. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> you'll be yeah you'll be able to hold the the tumbler because it, I mean it's insulated so sure. it won't burn your hand. You'll be able to hold it and, and you can. Put that boiling water in it, and then try to scrub it out pretty quick. Uh, hopefully, that will uh, that will alleviate some elbow grease. Absolutely, <laughs> man. That was a interesting conversation this morning. I I am a um, I'm I'm a hot chocolate fan as well. I went to uh, Cheekwood over Christmas, and they had hot chocolate, but their hot chocolate included um, some additives. <clears throat> Some adult additives. <laughs> and any, it was, any particular additives, Mr. Yeah? I don't remember exactly. Peppermint and um, some peppermint schnapps and something else. But it was really good. Uh, <laughs> I figured there had to be something alcoholic related there. Oh, yeah. It was definitely a, an adult additive. Uh, but it was good. It was really good. I was I was impressed. They They had a lot of cool stuff there. Um, yeah, Sarah says, if I keep giving out dish advice, dishes advice that they're going to start calling him Mr. Clean. So I guess I'll, you're going to have to uh, do something to, uh, that dome of yours before you get there. I I can show you my, uh, well, I mean, I got a third of it right here. Yeah. Good morning. Oh man. I like that JP. Good morning campers. Happy Groundhog's Day, folks. Yeah, if you're watching on Facebook Live. Uh, again, we do have a good show for you. We've got the rundown coming up later this segment. 
Next segment, we'll hear from Joe Williams from the Williamson Herald, as we do each and every uh, Tuesday. That is a that is an inside joke that goes all the way um, to uh, to my childhood. There, I don't know why my dad always called me his number one upside down buddy, but I guess I was upside down a lot. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, Joe Williams, the Williamson Herald, Landon Seacrest, a senior at Spring Hill High School. He is starting a an online, I guess, social media platform where he talks about all of the things that he thinks about going, what's going on in pro sports, college sports today. So we'll get him to talk some college hoops with us. That'll be a lot of fun. And then uh, on the top of the 10 o'clock hour, we'll have Greg Seitz, the athletics director of Jacksonville State University. And as you heard on Friday, the Gamecocks will be joining the ASUN Conference, which has some local ties here to the mid Middle Tennessee area. So Lipscomb participates in that as a non-football school. But they will be joining a joining and starting the ASUN football conference. So that should be fun. Then of course it's top five Tuesday. Today's top five is best Super Bowls. Now, for me, I'm keeping it to best Super Bowls I've seen. Uh I will have some honorable mentions from before my lifetime, but I, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, I've never gone back and just watched a bunch of Super Bowls. So <laughs> Uh, I, I'm just going based on the the synopsis of the game, whether or not it appears to have been one of the better Super Bowls before I saw it. So, yeah, lots of stuff going on today. Action-packed. Action-packed show for you. And then we have tonight, uh, like you said, we have some hoops to go see. So... I will be at uh, at Grace Christian. Mo, you have decided to go to, is it, it's East Brentwood, right? East Brentwood, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, going to go check out um, the Summit Boys over at Ravenwood um, in a big District 11 AAA matchup. Going to be a lot are, of fun. You are seeing the Bulldogs as they... Um, have gotten back on the winning track, it seems. I guess we'll get into that a little bit more later. That's right. They have gotten back on the winning track, and I guess we can go ahead and tell you about it now and uh, get to our daily rundown on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. This is The Rundown. This is your Tuesday rundown brought to you by Jim Davis at Grow, Live, Give. Visit them at growlivegive.com or give them a call at 615-682-0022. Securities offered through IFP Securities LLC, DBA Independent Financial Partners, member FINRA slash SIPC. Investment advice offered through IFP Advisors LLC, DBA Independent Financial Partners, a registered investment advisor, IFP and Grow, Live, Give are not affiliated. In Monday's action... Coffee County's girls defeated Warren County 45-29. On boys' side last night, Franklin County defeated Tullahoma 54-48. It was Richland 65, Hampshire 29, and Columbia Academy defeated Grace Christian 71-54. The two teams combined for 23 three-pointers. Goodness. 
Tonight's schedule in eight triple A action. We have Columbia Central traveling to Lincoln County. Franklin County is at Shelbyville. And Tullahoma hosts Lawrence County. Also have a scheduled Coffee County girls hosting South Pittsburgh as well in that district. In eleven triple A girls action, well, eleven triple A action. Centennial goes to Dixon County. Independence girls will play at Franklin. That's a girls only game. Brentwood travels to Page, and as we said, Summit's boys go to Ravenwood. Fairview will travel to Hickman County in 11 AA action. In 12 AA action, it's Forest at Community. Giles County hosting Marshall County. And Nolansville hosting Murfreesboro Central Magnet. In District 8A, play Fayetteville goes to Cornersville. Eagleville hosts Cascade. And Moore County travels to Hunt. In 10A play, Mount Pleasant goes to Cullioca. Richland plays at Hampshire, and McEwen goes to Santa Fe in a non-district game. In 12A action, it's Wayne County at Collingwood. Loretto is at Perry County, and Frank Hughes is at Summertown. In Division 2A, District 3, again, Grace Christian will host Columbia Academy. CPA travels to Providence Christian. BGA is at the Webb School, and... I'm not sure if Zion is scheduled to play tonight or not, but they were scheduled to play they tonight are Christian, and I think they're not going to play. So there you not, have it. I believe. That is your Tuesday rundown brought to you by Jim Davis at Grow Live Give. Visit them at growlivegive.com or give them a call, 615-682-0022. Securities offered through IFP Securities LLC, DBA Independent Financial Partners, IFP, member FINRA slash SIPC. Investment advice offered through IFP Advisors, LLC, DBA, Independent Financial Partners, a registered investment advisor, IFP, and Grow Live Give are not affiliated. There you go. And on the other side of this break, we will bring in Joe Williams from the Williamson Herald. And you never know what Joe's going to talk about. It could be anything from high school sports to NASCAR to anything else. So stick around. You're going to want to hear what Joe has to say. It's always a lot of fun talking to him. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you.
high school sports. Here's Mo and Chris. Good morning, campers. <laughs> All right. We won't do that anymore. <laughs> I think that was a one and done. I, I, that's not how Groundhog Day works, Mo. You didn't see the, you didn't uh, see the movie? Uh, 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 okay. <laughs> that's, that's not how it works. <laughs> Every day. Oh, man. Could you imagine waking up and every day being the same day? I couldn't handle it. Depends on what day it is. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Not February 2nd. Let me just tell you. (laughs) February 2nd would not be the day that I would want it to be every day. No, you're absolutely right. (laughs) Oh, man. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Pat, and J.P. Plant with you here. As we are preparing and getting ready to... Talk to our friends over at the Williamson Herald. Want to welcome in our friends down in Franklin County on WZYX. You guys have been fantastic since this the beginning of our relationship. If you're watching on Facebook Live, thank you for watching there as well. Make sure to jump in the conversation, comment, uh, let us know what you're thinking, and we'll be happy to interact with you on Facebook Live. And if you want to, we're always following our Twitter accounts at SM underscore TN Sports, at MoPatton underscore Sports, and at ChrisYow14. Now, joining us on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline is Joe Williams of the Williamson Herald, and he is brought to you by the Williamson Herald. They are the only locally owned print and digital media company in Williamson County, and they have been the leader in local sports coverage for the last 15 years. Charles Pulliam, Joe Williams, their team, they cover prep, sports from Brentwood to Spring Hill and Fairview to Nolansville. If you want the best sports coverage in the county, Williamson Herald delivers it with their daily news e-blast, scores, and videos right to your inbox throughout the year. The print edition publishes on Thursday, and to subscribe, you can call 615-790-6465 or just sign up on their website at williamsonherald.com. Joe, welcome in. That's a mouthful, uh, but uh, glad to have you. You know, I, I just wonder why JP's not being seen on Facebook Live. We, we need a picture of JP to go here. <laughs> I'll work on that. And secondly, since you mentioned Groundhog Day, one of my favorite movies, I'd go through that if I got Andy McDowell in the end. I mean, come on, guys. Uh, how many How many times could you handle it, though, Joe? What, you know, what would be the be limit? Be careful. Be careful. Oh, at, at my age, I'd be dead at, you know, uh, after a be day. Be careful. Um, the uh, inter- read, read a story once that was interesting that, that said for, for everything to have happened, it would have taken like 14 years of the same day over and over again. That's Between learning the piano and all this. Can you imagine that? I mean, that's like a week of my life. Joe, you could do that. You could do that in 11, though. I think you could cut it down to 11. Easily. But, you know, I, I, I would probably give up after three. Is <laughs> right. I don't yeah, know that I could point, do it. Yeah, at this point, which I don't care who she is, she's just not worth it. But, you know. <laughs> very few, very few. No, I, yeah. I just don't know that I could have what that second day. I would have been like, uh, uh-uh. uh. The third day would have been, oh heck no, I'm I'm done, and I just would have stayed in bed. It would have been I'm over. afraid. Yeah, I am afraid about the fourth or fifth day of waking up to who is it, Sonny and Cher? 
Yep. Yeah, I, got I, would, you, I would probably go blow up the radio station. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't say that. Excuse me, the FBI is at my door. Um, mm. oh, <laughs> Good man. day to be working from home. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, man. Hey, listen, it, it's going to be uh, an interesting week, I think, because mm-hmm. we're beginning to move slowly to the end of this basketball season. And at least in Williamson County, and specifically District 11 AAA, guys, I think this may be one of the most interesting district basketball tournaments we've seen in a long time. And the scariest part about it is we're not going to get to be at one place. Mm-hmm. That's the sad part of it, that you're not going to be able to be in one place and see all of these games go down because most likely they're all going to be, you know, 6 o'clock or 7.30 tips at the higher seed. And so yeah. you're, you're going to be – watching with one eye and monitoring Twitter or whatever with the other to, to check scores out. Well, and, and, and Maurice, you're, you're, I hate to say old enough to remember this and, and really it's not that long ago, but you know, I, I still remember the days, my God, I sound like how Holbrook and Mark Twain, <laughs> I, bless his, bless his soul, rest in peace, Al. But, uh, you know, the, the old days when you started on Wednesday or Thursday, went through Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, it was a girls night. game. Yeah, girls game, boys game, girls game, boys game. First two days were knockout days. Yep. Um, and then, you know, you just, you know, Friday and Saturday, you just slugged it out. Yep. And, yep. That, I mean, it was. be your girls' consolation, your boys' consolation, your girls' championship, your boys' championship. Boom. Yes, sir. And, yes, sir. And, and, and you know, it was it was fantastic. It is a basketball junkies heaven. You know. Yeah. February so, frenzy, I called it. It was it was fun, and then, um, you know, because we wanted to make sure that kids could get their homework done and that kind of thing, we went down to two games a night and 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 all of that. Like kids were going home and doing their homework once they got done playing basketball. Yeah, but Boy, mm-hmm. that's and that's one of the things that I love about and and I'm sure you, I'm not I'm not sure how they do it. I know how they do it in the regionals, but in a, in Alabama we start at eight in the morning and it's till nine at night for the regional tournaments. Now, obviously not this year, but that's the typical schedule. Is you know you're at four different regional sites and. I would go to Hansville at Wallace State Community College and sit there from eight in the morning till nine at night and never be unhappy. Yeah. I might be a little unhappy at eight in the morning. I'm not going to lie. Well, that's when that, well, they play the six A or seven A games that early so that it, it kind of, you know, it, 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 lo- it lessens the sting a little bit because you're watching the, the big boys and girls. Okay. All right. But yeah, um, that's, that's definitely going to be different this time around. And and like you said, Joe, I think that this district on both sides may be as wide open as it's been in a while. I mean, you've got Franklin and Brentwood boys both ranked again this week. But, um, you know, on any given night, I saw Centennial and Independence last Friday night. And um, 
both of them are playing are capable of playing some pretty good basketball. You know, you've got a Ravenwood team that opened the year undefeated and think they got to 7-0 and before they got to the next level tournament. You're still waiting on Summit Boys to gel. I mean, this is a team that returned a bunch of the guys from a team that went to the sectionals last year. So, um, and Paige has got all that height. I mean, it it's going to be this next two or three weeks is going to be really riveting, I think, on that side. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Paige is a spoiler. Um, I think I'm not even sure I call him a spoiler anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Centennial could be the big spoiler. I, I think they've got something. And if they get it all together, I uh, like that Lincoln A. Holt. Yeah. I yeah. like the A. Holt kid, and they do a great job of getting him the ball. Well, if if, if you watch them compared to, and especially the last couple of years or so, uh, this is this is a team that has bought into team, and you know if if it's if A. Holt is open and they feed him and he's hot, they just keep feeding him. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what they did at Centen- at, um, at Indy Friday night early on. I mean, he scored on like three or four straight possessions for him. They just lobbed it over the top and um, they were playing behind. And when he catches down on the low block, he's either going to score or get fouled. Yeah. And, you know, by the, by the same token, when they, when they go to double team on him, you know, he, he doesn't have a problem kicking it out. Shoot the ball no, from outside. And, and, and he's I mean, got some guys to kick concept. it out to. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I think, yeah, you know, that's sometimes – you hear about school, you know, you hear about teams that are built around X player. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you've got to have everybody involved. Uh, Franklin's a classic example too. You know, the team appears to be built around Reed Kemp, but let me tell you something. Aiden Smiley, uh, Taylor Spirito, Thurman, that whole bunch is quite capable. And Connor Bevan will get, you know, Connor the other night hit three, timely, crucial threes uh, to make a difference in the last game I saw. So I, I think that's kind of the difference that, that we're seeing can, now in, in some of these places. Can you explain something to me? I'll try. How in a way we're playing five players? <laughs> uh, you got five kids who are in pretty good shape. Now, you know, it will, that is going to be a big question come tournament time. How well they can well, recover. Well, it's a big Those question kids. in a lot of different ways. I mean, it's it's a big question from the standpoint of do those guys lose their legs in the tournament? And are the next two or three guys behind them ready after not having played all year? You know, I think that's a fair question. Um and I'm not sure I can answer that because, as you say, I haven't seen a whole lot of the, you know, six, seven, and eight <laughs> off the bench. Yeah, I mean, they, they just they're not in there much. Um, I don't know. That, I think it's a great question, and that may be. Yeah. You know, I think what Franklin's on a 14 game winning streak right now, but that may well be the Achilles' heel. Looking, yeah, <laughs> depth. Or lack of, or experience depth, you know. 
I think it's experience depth. I think they've got some depth, but not a lot of experience. Yeah. It's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. Oh, man. JP missed it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Mo gave him no warning whatsoever. I didn't. I I couldn't. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Um, Joe On the girl's side. Sorry, Joe Williams on the Parts Motor Sales Hotline brought to you by the Williamson Herald each and every Tuesday. Just want to throw that in there because, you know, we love our sponsors. Because, yeah, and and we should. Yeah, I appreciate you doing that. Continue because I don't want to monopolize Joe's time. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, I was. We can do this anytime. That's where I was going to go was on the girls' side. It, it seems like it, it feels to me now that Spring Hill has dropped a couple and Brentwood is feels kind of like they're back on top, but you've also got Paige. It, it, 11 AAA in the girls' side seems to be just as much of a coin toss as anything else. I don't know if top to bottom it's as strong. Uh, I, yeah, I would, I would certainly say you're probably right there. But any, there, there are five or six teams that could win it. Maybe four. Four. I think yeah, four teams Spring Hill, Summit. Uh, five, because Ravenwood is in there, too. And um, congratulations yeah. to Regan Grimes, who recently went over um, 1,000 points for her career, just a junior. Yeah, she did that at Franklin. She, she was funny after the game. I asked her, I said, because she, re- she really didn't react. Now, of course, you know, having family there helps, and, and they were prepared. Mm-hmm. But I asked her after the game, I said, you know, you really didn't react. Did you know when you did it? She went kind of sheepish. She said, well, yes, sir, I was keeping some count. <laughs> <laughs> Great young lady. <laughs> She's just, you know, big grant, you know, kind of sheepish. Well, I, yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm not even mad at her. I mean, yeah, no. you should. Yeah, I mean, not everybody scores a thousand points. I mean, you should you should be a little bit aware of it. So good for her. Well, I was going to say, and follow that up with you. Know, her follow up response was, "I was more concerned about what was on the scoreboard." There we go. Yeah, you know, I was more concerned nice. that we win the game. She said, "But yeah, I was kind of keeping count." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, Ravenwood Summit, Page, Brentwood Spring Hill. Could be an interesting bunch. We're getting played off, and that's unfortunate because um, Joe Franklin and Centennial are going to play a game Friday night in observance of Black History Month where they are going to wear throwback unis to um, Natchez High School, the the black high school here in Franklin. You know, I think that is just such a tremendous idea. It's such a great positive. Uh, Mo, you know that back when the, the issue of – uh, the mascot thing was going down over at Franklin. You know, my response was, you know, take the take the Panther name from Natchez. You know, really, really make this a Franklin thing. If, if we're going to do this, uh, mm-hmm. that obviously did not succeed, as most of my projects fall to the wayside. Uh, <laughs> That's how it but, goes sometimes, man. Yeah, but you know, I think that it, it, it's it's just time. It's, it's time that, that, you know, yes, there, there was a long period in, in Franklin where there were two high schools, not because it was necessarily needed for um, – because of, uh, of, of attendance volume, 
but simply mm. because you know that's and I know no other term right now other than that's that's the way it was. Mm. Uh, we finally corrected that, but in the process, you know, matches matches kind of fell to the wayside, and I'll bet you. I will bet you that out of the 80,000 or so who live in Franklin, there aren't 5% who can tell you, one, that there was a Natchez High School. And I'll bet you there's not 2% who can tell you where it was and what it's doing now. (laughs) Well, hopefully they'll learn that Friday night. Hey, Joe Williams of the Williamson Herald here on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. And, and as we said, we're we're up on a break. So, Joe, we appreciate you visiting with us this morning, um, presented by the Williamson Herald. And we'll catch up. Guys, I hope I've added something for you today. Y'all have a great one. That's going to do it. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, J.P. Plant with you here on this Tuesday as we are counting down the week to the Super Bowl. That's going to be exciting. But before the Super Bowl, there are a couple of big-time college hoops matchups including Tennessee Kentucky on Saturday got several games tonight Tennessee is uh traveling down to Ole Miss tonight so and then of course on Saturday you also have Alabama and Missouri Alabama who has uh fallen to 10th in the rankings and Missouri who sits at 18th so that'll be a top 25 matchup on Saturday and now we get a chance to talk to someone who knows more about college hoops than we do because we don't know a whole lot about it. Uh, but joining us on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline is Spring Hill High School senior, and he's got a, a Twitter account, Seco Sports Takes. And you know what takes means, Mo? It means he's got something to say. He's got something to say. And I want to hear what he's got to say. So we're going to bring him in on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. Please welcome Landon Seekers. Landon, how's it going? Good. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah, the Blue Bloods seem to be struggling in college basketball this year. And if you're a casual fan who just looks at the big names, this is not the year for you, to say the least. you got Duke, Carolina, Kansas. Kentucky and even Michigan State coming out of the gate struggling, and some of them are yeah, even. Yeah, it's unranked. been an interesting year, and I'll tell you, I'm curious to see um, to hear what you have to say about uh, some of these other teams, these these lower 
level teams or teams that we haven't seen in the top 25 uh, over the past few years. But um, Mo, he's a, it's interesting to hear high school seniors because uh, in this type of work, because we would tell you don't do it, but, <laughs> but I tell you, it's yes. pretty cool to see this, right? It's absolutely cool to see um, folks want to get into this, um, even with everything that has gone on with journalism. But I think the one good thing is, you know, sports journalism, it it may take different forms at different points, but people are always going to be interested and they're always going to be looking for people to provide them with information. And so I'm, I'm interested to hear Landon kind of, um, expound on that that blue blood situation i mean like you said duke kentucky kansas north carolina michigan state all struggling beyond anything that we've seen out of them over the last you know 10 15 years and and i don't know if there's a common thread that explains all of them struggling or or if it's different situations for, for different programs, what's your, what's your take, Landon? I really think that most of the problem for the Blue Bloods this year is the lack of good guard play. You've got the freshman levy teams that are the Dukes, the Kentuckys, the North Carolinas that have freshman guards in the backcourt. And in a year with teams like Baylor with a Jared Butler and a, Gonzaga or a Villanova with Colin Gillespie, you've got veteran presence in the backcourt, and those veteran teams are atop the rankings, and the freshman-led teams are and I would imagine at the bottom. When you when you look at it from that perspective, Landon, that you know the the coronavirus and the the lack of off season, you know, summer work and that kind of thing, would you feel like that has figured into you know, the lack of continuity with these young teams and and has has that given that advantage to those those more veteran heavy teams? Yeah, I think so for sure. And looking at Kentucky, their point guard or their point guard that started the year off, Devin Askew, he's actually supposed to still be in high school in the same grade as me, but he is leading the Kentucky Wildcats and during a pandemic heavy season you've seen him have his struggles where he even got benched and Duke you have a veteran in the backcourt with Jordan Goldwire but Jeremy Roach and DJ Stewart haven't really found footing yet you've seen Duke come on late and seem to have an identity but you saw it in the early season struggles that it's going to take some time for these teams to come together and really it's be back to, to hear what you they were used to. Mentioned Devin Askew should be a senior in high school as you are. Could you see yourself playing college basketball right now? Uh, I would say no, as a in the position that Devin Askew is in, because it's a, a lot of people underestimate the jump from high school to college sports. And when you take out your senior year, even if you are a high-ranked recruit, as Askew was, going from modern day, I believe is where he went, to Kentucky is a really big jump that some people take for granted. And I'm not saying Askew has taken it for granted, but it's definitely going to take him some time. And maybe 
if he thought he was going to be one and done, maybe you might see him turn into a two to three year player. And that might be the case with some of the freshmen on these teams when you see them struggle like that. Joining this. us on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline is Landon Seacrest. Landon, as we as we talked about these these blue bloods who aren't having the best of seasons because of poor guard play, you're seeing teams like Gonzaga who always have great guard play sitting uh, undefeated at the top of the AP top 25, but several other teams. It, it, guard play seems to be always the one thing we talk about during March Madness, et cetera. Uh, for Alabama, it has certainly been the to their success to the top 10, and you can hear the Crimson Tide here on 1017 FM. Uh, what what is the most important thing for these top 10 teams we're seeing now? Is it guard play? Is it experience? Is it a mix of both? I, I think that it's in this year partic- in particular, it will be the experience because you have tenured players like a John Petty on an Alabama team or a Mac McClung who transferred from Georgetown and even a Hauser twin who transferred to Virginia, he's not a guard, but those types of players are leading those teams that are sitting atop the rankings. And I think it plays a big part in why they're so successful compared to maybe you having a freshman-led team like Gonzaga. Gonzaga has a very good freshman in Jalen Suggs, but they also have a Corey Kispert, a Drew Timmy, and they have another fantastic guard in Andrew Nemhard, who came from Florida who's also a transfer and is experienced. So I think it's really a, it works hand in hand. So I believe that guard play and experience will play a part in all these teams success. But do you think that's attributed a a lot to COVID and not having these preseason practices that you normally would have or scrimmages, et cetera, you know, with these teams that, that are typically, a lot of these blue bloods like Kentucky and Duke have been living off the one and dones and not having time to gel with your team early uh, before the season starts has certainly been an issue. For sure. And the teams that top the rankings have established players already, as opposed to the teams that are slipping in and out of the rankings. You see at the beginning of the season that the chemistry is not there completely. And you can attest that to, COVID and having limited practices and I don't think that really helps freshmen or even redshirt freshmen and non-experienced players in the long run because you're going to have to get them out there and it might take a time take a dip and you might you mentioned add up the some blue bloods, in the um, Landon and it's interesting because Tennessee just finished knocking off one of those blue bloods defeating Kansas 80 to 61 Saturday in the um, SEC Big 12 challenge and gets ready after going to Ole Miss tonight to um to visit another one up at Rupp on Saturday. And unranked Kentucky, Kansas fell from 15 to 23 this week. Um, UT goes from 18 to 11 in this week's poll at um, 12 and 3. But, you know, we, we were a little concerned about Tennessee um, up until Saturday. I mean, they had they had dropped a couple of ball games pretty decisively. Did not look great in a three point win over Mississippi State. What's your read on um, on the Volunteers right now? I, I think if 
Tennessee can be consistent. We can really call them a contender, but we haven't seen them be consistent so far this year. We we know Tennessee can play defense. We know that what that's what Rick Barnes is trying to build down there in Knoxville, but we've seen them struggle to find an offensive identity this year. And with the likes of Keon Johnson, who's actually from Tennessee, Bill Buckle, uh, you can hope that they will find an offensive stride. They also have Jaden Springer, Fulkerson. So they definitely have offensive capability. It's just finding the rhythm and matching their defense up with their offense to where they can compete and be a Yeah, as we talked team. about, uh, yeah, Jaden Springer has certainly been a a glue piece for this team, despite being a freshman, as we've talked about. But um, it really feels like Ives um, Pons was really he, – he and Springer are kind of the, the keys to Tennessee success, and they have to keep them um, – healthy going forward uh, as as the season continues and the tournament looms. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think that the volunteers will be successful as long as they keep trying to build something around Jaden Springer and the other impactful players on the volunteers. Keeping them on the floor is going to be very important. But to see them go up against Kansas like they did, a Kansas team that's supposed to be very good and absolutely pretty much dominate them, you you know they have potential. It's just finding the rhythm. And going up against teams like Kentucky, maybe they might be able to find the stride and really hit, hit hard on... Landon, uh, before we let you go... I want to get your thoughts on the tournament. Uh, who, uh, who who do you think has the best chance to win the thing, and why? I believe I believe that Gonzaga obviously is a no brainer in the equation, but I think Gonzaga and Baylor, and then it's everybody else, and you can even throw Villanova up in the top tier with those two teams. I believe those three teams are best fit for the tournament simply because they're complete. You've got Gonzaga, they have three possible player of the year candidates and Timmy, Kispert, and Suggs. You've got Baylor with Jared Butler and you've got Villanova with Colin Gillespie, Jeremiah Robinson Earl and their experience. So in a year coming through the pandemic, I think that experience is going to be very heavy in the NCAA tournament and them being battle tested and undefeated with Baylor and Gonzaga, I think it's going to uh, help them in the long run to be successful. But if I had to pick one out of the three, I'm going to go with Gonzaga simply because one of those three is going to give you a big night. And I think they're good enough to for the other two to have a bad night and one have a good night and then still be successful. And I don't see anybody stopping all three of them in anybody. That's absolutely fair. Do you have a sleeper? Anybody you think that, that might sneak up on some folks? Sleeper. I would have to go with a maybe Alabama team. If they can find some 
experience. We we haven't. Let me restate that. We know Alabama is a hot team this year, but we haven't seen them in deep in the SEC tournament in recent years, and we haven't seen them really deep in the NCAA tournament. So it will definitely be new for the Crimson Tide this year, but I think we've seen them get hot. They were just on a 10-game win streak before they got knocked out by Oklahoma. I think their 3 and D uh, recipe will prove them for success in the long run in the NCAA tournament. So that's my pick for a sleeper to make a run at the national championship. All right. I'm going to give you my thought. I think Florida State's a sleeper. I think Scotty Barnes is fantastic. He's only going to get better. Watch out for the Knowles. I'm not sure Florida State qualifies as a sleeper at this point. but Well, I mean, they're ranked way farther down than Alabama. <laughs> No, I, 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 th- I don't think either of those teams would be a surprise, but I also don't think that they're expected to be in the Final Four. Because I think what, what Landon is saying is, yeah, yeah they're, I mean, he's sure. talking about you, you've got three teams who are undefeated right now, and if you count uh, Drake, by the way, the Drake Bulldogs at 16-0, and 0, just – Not the rapper. Not the rapper. No, yeah. not the, not the, rapper. the Drake the Bulldogs are, are still – Yeah. Yeah, 16-0. and 0. And number 25 in the country now. Hey, how about that? Um, but, yeah, so if you want more of these takes, where where can they find you on the internet, Landon? They can find me at Seco underscore sports on Instagram, and my Twitter handle is at Seco Sports Takes. Follow me for We appreciate your takes, time guys. and your insight into uh, college hoops, man. Hey, thanks for joining us, Landon. Thank I'm sure you. We'll be reaching back out to you as we get closer to March Madness. There yeah. you have it. That's yeah, Landon sure. Seacrest on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. When we come back, we will continue talking some college sports and um and it's top five Tuesday. And it's Top 5 Tuesday. So, yeah, it'll be Super Bowls on Top 5 Tuesday. So we'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their ortho-quick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yow. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Sorry about uh, the internet issues we were having in that last segment. Uh, we were talking over Landon and he couldn't hear us for a minute. And it was not our intention to talk over 
that young man. He did a great job, I thought, guys. What, what, I mean, if you're if you're talking college sports with a, a high school senior and he he's that knowledgeable, I'm I'm pretty impressed because I don't have no, a clue. I thought he was fantastic and can't wait to get him back on again. Absolutely. Um, Friday we brought you live uh, on the air the A Suns press conference announcing the addition of Central Arkansas. Eastern Kentucky and Jacksonville State University to the A-Sun, which will now prompt them to start playing football as a conference, which is fantastic, moving their teams out of the Big South where they don't have to travel up to New Jersey and take on Monmouth. (laughs) 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 So there's that. Going to be really exciting. And uh, to get some more information on how exactly that's going to play out over the next uh, few months, we bring in on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline Jacksonville State Athletics Director and Waynesboro native Greg Seitz. Greg, welcome in. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you today? We're doing well, Greg. Appreciate you joining us this morning since you wouldn't on Friday. I understand that Chris reached out to you and um, you said, I'm going to be a little busy Friday morning. I guess now we know yeah, why. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a, It was an exciting day, I tell you, for both of you. And, hey, I appreciate the opportunity to, to come on and talk. I know, uh, Mo, you probably got to keep Chris straight there. I know he's a Gamecock at heart. He is a Gamecock at heart and does not miss an opportunity to remind us of such. Um, by the way, Greg, we were told yesterday during our segment with Chip Walters to be sure and tell you he said hello. So. Yeah, Chip. Chip is a great guy, and I hope maybe one day we can get back in uh, in the league with uh, Middle Tennessee. Man, they're great people up there in Murfreesboro for sure. Well, you're you're certainly headed that way. Um, talk about the the thought process that went into you guys leaving the Ohio Valley Conference after um, a long tenure there. Yeah, you you, you know, we've had a a great run in the Ohio Valley Conference. We've been in there 18 years. We won 78 conference championships during that time. Uh, And it was really, I mean, it's been a great experience for us. And, you know, we certainly appreciate everything that Commissioner DeBush and the entire staff does. But honestly, uh, Maurice and Chris, for for Jacksonville State, the issue has always been uh, the the geography of, of where we're located. We're the most southern school in that league, so... For us, travel is always a uh, concern. When you look at the one-way mileage from Jacksonville State to the other 11 OVC schools, it's 3,996 miles. So it's uh, it's a lot of travel. And, um, you know, we we, had, we have asked over the last few years as the OVC had explored opportunities for expansion and stuff to, you know, if, you would, if they would take a look at maybe a school, you know, very close to us, because our, our closest travel partner – is three hours and 45 minutes away, and that's, that's in Cookville and Tennessee Tech. So, you know, we had looked, you know, there were some opportunities there with maybe North Alabama or Kennesaw, and, you know, for whatever reasons, the OBC presidents, you know, felt like they wanted to go in a different direction. So, honestly, at the end of the day, it really just came down to a, a geographic fit for Jacksonville State. Differently, though, how how does that – fit for eastern kentucky it feels like they were kind of right in the middle of the ovc and now they're going to be an outlier right 
Yeah, and honestly, they were really an outlier when you look at it. And I certainly don't want to speak on the decisions why Eastern Kentucky may have made the move. Theirs may have been a little different than what ours were. But, you know, they are located on the yeah. eastern side of Kentucky. You know, they're not certainly not in the middle like an Austin Peay or Murray or, or Belmont. Uh, I mean, they are kind of on the outer edge. Uh, but I think if you listen to the press conference and stuff, I think they were just really ready for something new at eastern Kentucky. But, you know, certainly I'll let their – folks speak on their behalf of the decisions why they made that move right for for jacksonville now the gamecocks enter in a conference with north alabama like you said uh, of course we continue to have that that rivalry with eastern kentucky that was really brooding when i was in school there in the mid-2000s uh but also adding Lipscomb. So you, you, you get rid of one basketball power from Middle Tennessee and you pick up another. <laughs> yeah, you know, we certainly have a lot of respect for, for Lipscomb and everything that they have done. And certainly they've, I mean, been a great basketball program. And I think that's evident by, you know, I think they made it to the NIT finals, what, two years ago. So, I mean, they are certainly uh, a really, really good program. But I think, Chris, when you look at it from a geographical standpoint, of course, now the ASUN will be at 12 schools. So, you know, we're going to jump into division play. And so so in our division, what you know, what we anticipate there would be Central Arkansas, uh, North Alabama, Lipscomb, Bellarmine, and then Kennesaw State. So when you, when you look at that mileage, that's right around 1,300 miles. Uh, one way from our campus to all of those schools. And, uh, you, you, I mean, you said it right. Our rival with North Alabama is one of the oldest in, in Jacksonville State's uh, history. And uh, But I tell you, we have a budding rival with Kennesaw State, who is only located about one hour away from our campus. If you recall, we played them in 2018 in the last I don't, football game. I don't want to recall. I do not want to recall. I know. <laughs> hey, well, I mean, I'll just say they, the guy fumbled there at the end of regulation. It wasn't called, but – uh, but anyway, that was a that was a uh, that was a five overtime game at Truist Park in Atlanta, which actually was voted as the as the top FCS football game of the year. And uh, I was fortunate to be on the FCS football committee, and I was in Indianapolis in the room watching it. And and of course, I knew that the winner of that game was going to get a national seed, one of the top eight seeds, and then the the loser would end up having to play in the first round. But I tell you, just just the opportunity to play Kennesaw and North Alabama and all of our sports. Uh, I mean, that was a that was another driving force and in, in the reason we made that decision. Believe me, Greg, we've heard all about that JSU Kennesaw game. <laughs> as, as you yeah. And we we have we have, but um, and the 2005 Furman yeah. game. But there's <laughs> we, we've talked to Engel yeah. Martin on this show before, uh, Greg, and it was uh, it, it was very brought back some bad memories from 2005. That's all I'll say. In, in fact, oh, I know it. It, it is. I think Hanif Hawk. He, he ended up coming up with that. Uh, he had a leg cramp at soft the clock, and I still, I still have a hard time getting over that with Hanif. But anyway, Greg, we're over it, huh? Uh, no, we're not over it because Chris had to explain to Engel why he hated him on the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing personal, but here you go. Right, yeah, what a right. great quarterback! What a great game. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That all that said, Greg, um, the the idea of being on the ground floor of a new football conference, I think, has to be pretty exciting with you guys, with with Kennesaw, with Eastern, with Central Arkansas. Um, 
tell us a little bit about what that's going to look like. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, that's probably the most exciting thing about it, Maurice, is, you know, we're, we have the ability to to basically build football from the ground up because the ASUN is, is uh, the only FCS conference out there without football. And so the opportunity to come in and pick your teams, you know, usually when there's an alignment or when schools leave and go to other conferences, you know, there's already an established footprint and established teams, you know, with football. And so the opportunity here for us to build football from the ground up, when you, when you look at Jacksonville State, Central Arkansas and Kennesaw State, those are three top 10 uh, nationally recognized programs. And in North Alabama, certainly it's not going to take them very long to get up. And when you look at the past history of Eastern Kentucky and the two national championships they've won and the 24 OVC championships throughout their very proud and storied history, it's going to be we want to build the, the premier number one FCS football conference in the, in the country. And we want to be better than the Missouri Valley or the Big Sky and the Colonial. And I think, honestly, we've got the opportunity to do that. So we have five schools already locked in. And so we're we're just looking and, you know, we're going to be very picky and, and see who we want to partner with on these last two or three schools. We, we do not want to be any larger than eight teams in that conference. Uh, and then you got to have six to get an automatic qualifying bid. Uh, so, we, you know, we're going to be very picky. But when you look at the footprint of where, where we are located, so when I say we're, I'm talking about, I kind of call it the core five of the A-Sun, I think we got some great opportunities and there's some other really good football brands out there that we can, uh, you know, build off of. Now, Greg, will, will Stetson not join you guys? So Stetson, they, they will stay in the pioneer. Yep. They're, hmm. they're a non-scholarship. They will stay in the pioneer. And of course, Liberty will stay at FBS. So they, they won't play football with us in the A-Sun. So those two schools will continue to reign in the leagues and play as an independent as they currently do. Okay. It's certainly interesting. I, I'm really excited about not just football, but this really becomes a, a very strong basketball conference now with the addition of Eastern Kentucky, Jacksonville State, uh, obviously joining Lipscomb and Central Arkansas. I, you know, basketball over the years, we, we've Jacksonville State has had to play against some of the best in mid-major hoops in Belmont, in Murray State, et cetera. And the Gamecocks have been very competitive over the last few years. Where, where, do, where do you see your guys uh, see the, the school in basketball, baseball, softball? Uh, do you feel like you, you have put yourself in a good position in those sports as well? Oh, absolutely. I think, I think, you are, I think you're spot on there. I think, uh, you know, certainly – in 2017, which was the first year that Ray Harper was our men's basketball coach, you know, we went to the NCAA tournament and I've always told him he made me look like a great athletic director by going to the tournament the first year, <laughs> which was our, which was our first ever appearance. But, you know, I mean, we, we really do play a really, really good brand of basketball. I mean, you think about it, we, we beat Belmont five straight games and that's the first time to my knowledge that they had lost five straight games to an opponent, certainly you know, when they were in the Ohio Valley Conference. And uh, for us to be able to do that, uh, you know, was, was a great feat. This, this, uh, just about two weeks ago, we won for the first time ever at Murray State. Um, and so, and then we won it in Clarksville as well against Austin P, who has a really, really good basketball uh, program as well. So, 
Um, I think we're going to be very competitive right out of the gates in uh, basketball in our league. And, uh, you know, but that's, I mean, that's what we want. We, we want to, uh, you, you know, be very good and, and compete in all of our sports. And, of course, baseball, we just built an $11 million baseball stadium. And, you know, we've being the most Southern team, we've had a lot of uh, history and tradition of winning in baseball in the OVC. And, of course, our softball program is second to none. I mean, we've won, we've won 12 OVC championships in softball. Uh, and then you have to remember we were on the, in the league from 2003 uh, you know, until this spring. So we, we have a great history and tradition and, um, you know, we're just, we're ready to take those, uh, on and, and look at the challenges of getting in the ASUN conference and, uh, you know, competing, uh, you know, with those schools because it's a very, very good league. And I know a lot of folks around when you, when you think of OVC and stuff, but, but the ASUN actually, when you look, they had, they had 19 postseason wins, uh, by all their members in the last year that we had competition. Uh, you know, which is really, really good. I think most of you remember Florida Gulf Coast and basketball. What it was at Dunk City, I think, back in uh, 2015 or 16 that made Dunk it to the City. Sweet 16. So, I mean, it's a it's a really, really competitive league, top to bottom. They get multiple bids in baseball and softball almost every year uh, with Stetson and Ju and uh, Florida Gulf Coast, and um, you know, so it's a it's a great league, and we're happy to be a part of it. So will will this begin with the 2021-22 school year in the fall? You will begin conference play with them, correct? Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, so we'll we'll become an official member on July the 1st of 2021, so we'll we'll start competing okay. this fall in the ASUN. And you're hoping to have a sixth football team by then? Well, you know, we've got some options there, and I think that's a that's a great point. You know, one of the as I stated earlier, one of the reasons that we joined the ASN was to build football from the ground up. Uh, you know, in our in our football five, really are focused on adding you know a couple of more members, uh, whether it's through existing partnerships or or uh, maybe some other ones out there. There's been some talk you may have seen that you know four schools from the Southland are leaving and joining the WAC, so we may look at possibly doing maybe for one year just doing a scheduling alliance with uh, with those four schools because they don't they don't have a home and the WAC won't be able to get their football bid till 2024 20, when all their transitional schools are are eligible for that so uh, certainly um, you know the ASUN we, we also have a partnership that any football members that come into the ASUN will play can play if they choose in the big south so so we're fortunate that we have a couple of options and we have access to that automatic qualifier. Um, but Chris, of course, you know us. I mean, you know, our goal, you know, certainly is to win a conference championship, but we're always playing for an at-large bid, uh, you know, into the NCAA playoffs. And so we feel like we have some really good options in order to do that this fall. All right. That's going to be exciting. I, I'm I'm certainly excited about it. I am curious how the, the JU-JSU thing is going to work out. Um <laughs> I guess we can now uh, work on the the Jacks State uh, moniker. <laughs> I don't really know how that's going to how that's going to go, but it should be fun. <laughs> yeah, it really we, should. Go ahead. 
No, I was just going to say, Mo, you know, one thing that people may not realize is, you know, Jacksonville State was a member of uh, what was the Transamerica Athletic Conference, which is now the ASUN from 1995 till 2002. And the reason that we ended up, and that was in all sports except football, and football played in the Southland because the ASUN didn't have football. And so that's the reason we joined the OVC in 2003 was to get all of our sports under one umbrella. So, you know, it's really kind of a homecoming for Jacksonville State to, to get back into that league and uh, you know, we're looking forward to it. As we're we're joined on the Parks Motorsports um, Motor Sales Hotline by Greg Seitz, Athletics Director at Jacksonville State. And Greg, before we let you go, I wanted to ask you: You guys are playing this spring as a conference. You're going to play in the fall as a member of the A Sun. Um, what are your concerns yeah, about playing that much football in that short a period of time? Yeah, Mo, I mean, that's a, that's a great question and stuff. And, you know, certainly we, we sell the advice of all of our medical experts, uh, you know, just to see, hey, you know, how will that impact us and stuff. So we were – so instead of playing a full schedule in the spring, we, we opted to play four – we played four non-conference games last fall, which we feel like really gave us an edge as we enter into the spring season. We ended up going three and one with our only loss to Florida State, which, you know, we were ahead – uh, twenty-one to seven at halftime at Florida State in that game, and then just honestly just kind of ran out of gas. There. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Chris kept everyone updated on it. So, <laughs> but we we got the only we've got the only FBS win uh, of any FCS school this year. We beat Florida International in our last game in October. So, the good thing is the football committee will consider any competition from the fall. So, you know, we we feel like that if we go in and have a really good spring, we're playing seven games in the spring. And if we, you know, if we go six and one, and you add, then you add our other record in. I mean, nine and two. Nobody else is going to have that many wins. And certainly, we want to play for one of those top four national seeds, just to have the opportunity to host uh, throughout the playoffs, which has been reduced down to sixteen teams this year due to the pandemic. And they're only doing four national seeds. So we feel like that we've actually set ourselves up for a great opportunity. Our goal at Jacksonville State is to always play for a national championship in football. Uh, and so we feel like that we're, we've really set the table for an opportunity to do that. But to get back to your point, so, you know, I was actually talking with our head football coach yesterday, Coach Cross, and just talking about, hey, you know, if we make a deep run in the playoffs, we're going to give those kids off. And really, we won't do the normal summer workouts. And, and then we'll just let those kids come back in August when we report, uh, you know, for the 2021 season. You know, we're very excited to, to open the 2021 season in Montgomery against UAB. And, uh, you know, as Chris has probably said, you know, Bill Clark is their head coach who left Jacksonville State to take that job and has done a great job there. And and so we're looking forward to that game. It's actually going to be – it's on a Wednesday, um, the, a day before everybody else opens up, and uh, it's going to be a nationally televised game. So, you know, we're certainly excited about that. So uh, I say all that to say that, you know, our, 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 our season is going to be a little shorter because we're opening up so early. But um, – you know, we we um you know we feel good about uh, everything as we as we enter the as spring and, and fall. Certainly, looking forward to spring football. I think it will be uh, it will be as exciting as anything that we've seen, and hopefully, uh, it gives us a chance to bridge the gap between the Super Bowl slash uh, baseball starting, but 
to the Braves starting as well. So we'll have a lot to talk about on this show. Thanks to uh, FCS football. So we're, we're really excited. Um, Again, Greg Seitz, Athletics Director at Jacksonville State on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. Greg, thanks so much for taking some time with us today. Um, looking forward to seeing Wayne County in the District 12A tournament as that will get started here soon as well. Yeah, you know, certainly basketball uh, has always been, you know, kind of the highlights there. I think they've kind of been down for the last couple of years, but – you know, I think uh, I think they got some pretty young talent. May not be there this year, but in a couple of years, I think uh, you'll you'll see Wayne County get back up there and and hopefully make a return back to the to the state tournament, especially on the on the girls' basketball side. So, yeah, looking forward to it. And, uh, I see they've got another galleon running around down there, Greg. Oh yeah, yeah, really, really good. And then there's a, there's an eighth grader. Um, the middle school team this past weekend just won the state championship. I guess it's the what is it the the hell tournament that's held over at uh, Murfreesboro Christian Academy. And so uh, the James C. So Hale, some, yeah, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. So they've got some really talented eighth graders and seventh graders coming up. I know that the. Um, you know, the, there's a Blair Bogus that, that plays, and I know you probably remember uh, Jared Bogus, who's uh, her father was a was a really good athlete for Wayne County in the early 1990s, and then uh, got some other other girls, I think. So, then the Galleon girl certainly uh, is the granddaughter of Susan, and uh, you know, so I think the the future looks really uh, bright for that. But you know, there's nothing like the high school basketball tournaments. Uh, both up up there and then we're fortunate here at Jacksonville State we host one of the four regional sites here and it's it's always honestly one of my favorite weeks that we have all year so uh nothing like tournament time coming up nothing like it at all again Greg Seitz Parks Motor Sales Hotline on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day thanks Greg we appreciate your time yeah, I look forward to you guys. Don't, don't take so long in having me back on your show. I mean, goodness, I'd be happy to come on here and, and talk uh, talk <laughs> Jacksonville State all the time. Absolutely. We appreciate it. All right, there we have it. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about courtside care and, and uh, some other things. We'll get we'll get to that and more on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you.
Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Yes, welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. It's uh, been a great Tuesday here on the show, and I've been really happy. We've had three great guests in a row. Joe Williams, Landon Seekers, Greg Seitz, thank you to those folks for hanging out with us today on this Groundhog Day. Um, short segment here because we got to get to Top 5 Tuesday, which is going to be our Top 5 Super Bowls. Really excited about that. But first, you know, last night there was a little situation <laughs> down in the A. Um and I, I don't even know how best to explain this, okay? Because there was a very angry young woman um, at the game last night The as the Lakers visited the Atlanta Hawks, and she has been dubbed <laughs> courtside Karen. But... Uh, it was a a wild, wild situation. From what I can could gather, there was a a verbal altercation between a pair of ladies near the front row, or maybe even on the front row, and a couple of Lakers players. So uh, LeBron James tweeted out this morning: "Courtside Karen was mad, mad." <laughs> Have you guys ever seen anything like this where there were people actually sent, you know, like ejected from a pro game from the court side? Like I've never seen a court side ejection. It is a, yeah, it's our Mo. It is a rare event. It is a rare event. Um, I, I traveled with the Bobcats and was at all 82 games for five straight years. And I, I don't recall. Um, I'm sure there were. Um, there were none that stick out in my mind. Or if they were, they were done so in a more discreet manner, at least from the eyes of the cameras. Um, you know, because I was always in the production truck. But uh, I'm sure it happens. Um, I it I don't think it rarely happens to where you get somebody to the um, stature of LeBron uh, twerping in on this. Well, I think, I think the, I think it was aimed at LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how he was involved in it. I think whoever this was, that was, um, in the midst of this on the, on the, um, sidelines on the court side was aiming whatever it was they were saying at LeBron. And I think he responded by telling them to sit there, derriere down or something (laughs) like that. So, um, she will tell you that he called her a B word. Hmm. That's what she said in her in her rebuttal outside in on on Instagram. And what um, did she say? I, I'm not. I'm not I, sure. I don't think but LeBron, I don't think LeBron just runs up and down the floor and just up out of nowhere decides to say anything to anybody sitting in the stands. 
I understand that, but how many verbal altercations have we seen between Spike Lee and and ball players? I mean, and real serious verbal altercation. I mean, he and Reggie Miller about came to fisticuffs. That would have been funny. But anyway, um, my my point is, it just seems like it it was a overreaction. She wasn't by everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, just. One, you're a fan. I've talked trash to players in the, from the mm-hmm. stands. I mean, I I used to talk trash to players from from the front row of the arena games and whatnot. And sometimes they talk trash back, and it was all in good fun. Now I don't think this was. I think this was a, an attention seeking. Mm-hmm. And, and there's the thing. I don't. I think. And she got her yeah, attention. She, she <laughs> got more attention than she wanted. I think. But I, I don't think. Yes. I don't think you can talk trash and expect not to get it get a response and and i think some and right. i think I sometimes mean, that's what fans do i think they think well i paid my money i bought my ticket i can do whatever i want to uh, no no you can't i i personally talk trash in order to get a response i'm trying to get in their head <laughs> i mean we got there was a time in North Little Rock, Arkansas, at the All-State Arena, arena by where the way. It, it really is. We were so loud and obnoxious throughout the entire game that when the game was over and our team had won, we had literal water bottles thrown <laughs> on us and at us, open water bottles after the game, and we had some of our players threaten to go into the stands and beat some folks up. But that was my point. That was my goal was to get into the opposing team's head. Now – when they started talking back, I didn't get up and, and act a fool. That's when I sat down and laughed because I knew I had done what I what I had intended to do, right? Now, this lady was, was certainly overboard and had no business getting to where to the point that it got to. And, of course, if he did call her that, her husband sitting there or whatever probably didn't take too kindly to it, and it was a whole ordeal. Nonetheless... If you go to a ball game and you're sitting on the front row and you are going to talk trash, that's fine. Just, you know, know when to stop. And and know that if you're going to sit on the front row and talk trash, that they might talk trash back to you. <laughs> that's right. I mean, there's no there's no rule that says you're going to be ignored. You might you might get a response and it may not be the response you want. That's right. So I, I'm just saying that uh, buyer beware. <laughs> if you're gonna, exactly, if you're gonna dish it out, you better be able to take it. That's the bottom line, and that's and and that will that will be rule number one on the trash talking uh, rule book. Sure, forever. If you can dish it out, you better be able to take it. So I am anyway. I am new to this story when you brought it up, and how did um, how was this handled on the floor? It obviously she was chirping at LeBron, and apparently LeBron responded, and then it escalated. But, um, it, you know, from LeBron's getting paid enough money to handle it in a different way, in my opinion. Um, I don't agree with that. No, I don't know what they, she said. They but- s- sure I, they deal with this stuff all the time. They deal with trash mm-hmm. talking all the time. Yeah. If it got to a point to where he and Anthony Davis both stopped and had to be restrained by officials, 
she said something she shouldn't have said. It was well, probably too did. far. I don't, I don't doubt that. I'm sure she went too far. Um, and I don't know what LeBron did after that, other than stopping and pointing it out. Um, as long as I mean, that's all. That, that's all that we saw. Well, then, if that's all he did, that's okay. Um, the the issue though is that when you start doing that, things can escalate quickly to where we go back to the the malice at the palace, where you start getting uh, fights with fans. Um, if the players start responding in a manner like that, it could lead to those types of things. There I'm are, just gonna say, I'm just gonna say, I'm a, and I'm gonna interrupt you. Sure, the players aren't starting stuff up with fans. I know that. Correct. Okay, so, so I, I think, I, but I think that has to be acknowledged. Oh, sure. Yeah, the players are just out there playing a ball game. That's all they're doing. Sure. Nothing gets out of hand until a fan says something or does something. Actually, so when you're, when actually, you're, when you're talking. About, it's, it Go ahead. it it gets out of hand when the player reacts. No, when the player reacts to what? To the fan. Okay. <laughs> That's when it gets out of hand because beforehand there are if the people fan in place. Do anything, well, if there the are people in place security anything, for them to to take care of this. That that's my it, point. And I think that's what happened. I, I mean, obviously, LeBron didn't go up into the stands. He might have just said, and he might have called that. He might have yeah. said, someone needs to shut that B up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know. And that's, yeah. <laughs> and that may have been his reaction. And, and he's that not wrong. Been a totally fine reaction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And he's, and he's not wrong. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I just think that's yeah, the thing. I, I just think that if. <laughs> It's a nuanced situation that really shouldn't be. We I mean, I agree. I, I, and, we, and we don't have all the information. No, no, we don't. We don't. But I just think if fans are going to put themselves in that position, then that's the risk that they run. Well, they they should be tossed, and and if it gets out of hand, then they should never be able to allow it to come back in the building. But and that from, has happened. Yeah, but from the players' perspective, they un- you know, right or wrong, they're getting paid so much money that they have to be held to a higher standard when it comes to um, social interaction with the fans from that perspective. They should not react to, to a point that could elevate into a altercation. The, fa- the, the players... Run our test. Yes, the players have to have... Um, they, they have to walk away from a fan. There are implements in place security people designed for that and these players are getting paid enough money to brush that off for the time being to not interact with the players in that manner that's all i'm saying because yeah the fans can do it and if it gets bad enough yes lebron needs to go tell somebody and they need to handle it um but when you stop a game as a player then that ushers up and elevates from a fan's perspective and it could lead to an altercation. And if a fan starts to charge at a player, you damn well sure that there are going to players that are going to go defend him, and rightfully so, and he's going to defend himself, and then it gets out of hand. But if the player does not react to stop a game, that won't happen. That's my point. Mm. I can see it. I, I see both both sides of it. I, I, my point is, as an official, 
I have stopped games to go mm-hmm. find the, you know, the the principal or the athletics director sure. at a gym to say, hey, this particular fan has got to go, and we're not playing until that's the process. That's the process. Yeah, and 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 maybe the official didn't do that at an appropriate time, so LeBron felt he needed to tell somebody, and. You know, we don't. Again, we don't know what you was said. Tell how long somebody, it was said. But it we don't know the full tell story. The fan. That that's where I I think the the players cannot talk directly yeah. to the fans in that perspective. Okay, and I've traveled with NBA that's, teams and their security, so I mean, there there are ways to handle all of these things. And yeah, they, they don't get out I of hand no if, issue if with the that. player I'm acts not. the way they should, and they're getting paid enough money to tell the right people um, to not get in those altercations. I don't I'll agree with that, but that's okay. <laughs> because I, I, I just feel I just, like I feel like I I just feel like fans, a lot of fans, and I don't, I shouldn't say fans. I feel like there is a faction of fans who feel like they've spent their money. They can say whatever they want to without repercussions, and they and, can be dealt with, and and they should be dealt with, but not by the players. That's where I, that's my well, that's my well, point. If not by the players, then we need to make dang sure that someone else is. Yeah, and the players can alert the security, and you know each team has at least one security guy that is with them at all times. That is with the team sitting on the bench. All the player has to do is alert that security. The security alerts the in arena security and points out that person, and they're gone. That's how it happens. That's how it needs to happen. They don't need to stop a game, look up, bow up their chest, and and incite an altercation. I say incite. That's not fair because the player is just responding. But the way the player needs to respond is to alert the security people. Well, and again, it doesn't happen on court side very often. No. So, again, it can be more difficult for the players to, you know, to take that for an extended period of time. And with fewer say. fans in the stands, you hear it more mm, now. You tend to stand out. It, yes, yep. it stands out. Um, you know, it may be something that Quite LeBron has heard many times before, but when there's, you know, a third capacity and or everybody can heard. hear, yeah, well, that's true. I don't know. But you hear it more with the fewer fans. So it, it does stand out. It does sting a little bit to your point, Mo. I get it. When when you can hear it and there's no other outside noise, <laughs> you know you you hear yourself getting called out by the fan, and yes, the natural reaction is to defend yourself in the moment. Oh, we got JP fired well, up did, this morning. Apparently. Maybe he'll be just maybe he will be just as fired up about top five Super Bowls. So <laughs> when we come back, we're going to give you our top five Super Bowls that. I don't even know. There's not really any. Is the top five Super Bowls your mm-hmm. your top five best Super Bowls, favorite Super Bowls? I don't care. Top five Super Bowls on the other side of the break. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. 
Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn and Joint. We lost Mo there for a second, but he's back. Yeah, hey. he's back. That's exciting. Um, <laughs> we were worried. So was I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's time for Top 5 Tuesday, presented by Mid-South 5 Fitness with locations in Columbia and Franklin. No better place to get your fitness on and keep that New Year's resolution than Mid-South 5 Fitness. Give them a call, 931-215-5633. All right, guys. Give a highlight from your top five Super Bowls, and let's uh, let's get this thing going. I will get. I will start, and I will give you my uh, my my honorable mentions. Super Bowl three, Jets sixteen, Colts seven. Obviously, just because of uh, the situation with Joe uh, Joe Namath. And then uh, Super Bowl 23, 49ers 20, Bengals 16. Uh, last second touchdown pass there from uh, to uh, sorry from Joe Montana. That was pretty cool. Uh, so that's my those are my honorable mentions. You guys got any honorable mentions? I don't. Uh, no, I think I can. Those ro- are just I can roll with a five. Mm-hmm. All right, those are just the two that happened before. I watch Super Bowl. So here we go. Number five. My number five is Super Bowl 38. Patriots 32, Panthers 29, but it's uh, my favorite Super Bowl because of halftime. Who was the halftime then? And if you remember, uh, Justin Timberlake and uh, oh yes, Janet Jackson. Captain Chaos at it again. There you go. Yeah. Captain Chaos, baby. Anyway. My number five is um, Super Bowl 44. Um, New Orleans 31, Indianapolis 17. Um, Tracy Porter looking up at himself in the Jumbotron, running that interception back for a touchdown. Um, by that time, Peyton had really gotten on my nerves, and <laughs> that was just a fun game to watch from that standpoint. <laughs> um, my number five, uh, ironically, uh, Chris, is the exact same one. The Panthers and um, and the Patriots. Uh, a great game. And I was uh, that was my first. I had just moved to Charlotte. So um, so I was getting into oh, wow. uh, the whole yeah. Panthers vibe. And uh, that was that was kind of a cool thing to be a part of that, uh, to be in that city. Jake during DeLone, that run. baby. Jake Delhomme. Delhomme. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Number four, I've got Super Bowl 49, run the ball, Pete Carroll. Patriots 28, Seahawks 24, Malcolm Butler out of West Alabama. 
with the game-winning interception. Uh, my number four, Super Bowl 51, 28-3, turns into 34-28, New England over Atlanta. Um, so close and yet so far for the Falcons. <laughs> so yep. close. Uh, my number four, Super Bowl 43, Pittsburgh Steelers over the Arizona Cardinals. Um and uh, the game obviously was fantastic, but uh, I happened to be in Denver, Colorado that weekend, um, and um, it, it was it was a cool weekend. It was my birthday weekend. I was able to visit my cousin in Denver while working with the Bobcats. Went skiing, watched that Super Bowl. Great weekend. So that sticks out to me. That's awesome. Number three, Tyree. We hang, we hanged our entire emotions hanged on every moment in this giant 17-14 win over New England as we were chasing perfection in New England, but Tyree was able to put the ball against his helmet and Eli wins. My number three is um, Super Bowl thirty four in the Georgia Dome. Kevin Dyson one yard short. Mm. Yeah. St. Louis 23, Tough. Titans 16. Hurts too much to put it at one, huh? It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and there are a couple of others that, as soon as we started talking about this, just jumped yeah, out at yeah, me there's some, that were ahead of this one, actually. Games. But, yeah, this, this was a tough loss, but a great game. All right. Uh, number three, let's go with the uh, Ravens 49ers. Uh, the, uh, the night the lights went out in New Orleans. That was a that was an interesting game. Yes, that's a great one. Good football game, though. Good football game. My number two, my number two is the Rams Titans. So we just talked about it. We can continue. <laughs> my number two was Doug Williams five touchdown passes Ooh. in the second quarter. Washington forty two, Denver ten. Super Bowl twenty two. That was gotcha. that was JP? special. Yeah, that was special. Um, I'm going to go with um, um, Super Bowl twenty seven. Cowboys 52, Buffalo Bills 17. I was a Cowboys fan growing up, so that one sticks out to me. That was special. All right, my number one is the one you're number four, JP. Super Bowl 43, Steelers 27, Cards 23. I was really rooting for Kurt Warner, but big catch in the end zone. Congratulations to the Steelers. That was a big one. It was a great game, one of my favorites to watch as a kid. So, My favorite... Um... I'm not sure either of you were born for this one, but um, Super Bowl 13, Pittsburgh 35, Dallas 31, Jackie Smith drop in the end zone. Oh, I've seen that clip many times. Yeah, that was a tough one. My number one, the the Titans loss. Um, it was tough, but it was a great game. Great game to be part of as a Titans fan. So. Yes, sir. Yes, it was. All right. That was Top 5 Tuesday brought to you by Mid-South 5 Fitness. Give them a call, 931-215-5633 with locations in Columbia and Franklin. No better place to get fitness. Taught personal training right here in Columbia. We appreciate you guys listening in on WZYX down in Franklin County. Also on Facebook Live. Check us out tomorrow. We'll be back. Same bat time, same bat channel. (laughs) 